I'm Lizzie. I'm Nat. Welcome to The Third Space, a podcast for youth workers by youth workers to talk about the highs and lows of working with young people in spaces outside of school and home. And tonight, today, whenever you're looking, whatever time of day you're <laughs> listening to this, uh, we are talking about work-life balance. Ooh. <laughs> That's scary and ever-elusive thing called work-life balance. Um, but because sometimes, well, I guess this has more to do with self-care than work-life balance, but work-life balance is self-care. Sometimes for self-care, we have to do the things that we have to do, <laughs> like doctor's appointments and taxes and stuff like that. So I thought for today's check-in, we can do a progress report on our five bold step goals. Like your five, your step. Your, your one step that yeah. you named at the end of last episode. So do you want me to start, Lizzie, or should I start? Do you want me to start? Or I, can, <laughs> should start? I, I can go ahead and start us off. I will relieve you of that. So um, I'm Lizzie. My pronouns are she and her. Um, and my five bold step, um, my or my step, my bold step, from last time when we talked about strategic planning. So my goal that I'm working towards is systems and working on our systems this year for our programming and trying to sort of standardize and streamline those systems. Um, and so my bold step was to make a list of all of the places where we do processes and procedures that could be better systematized. Um, I have not yet done that since uh, a week ago. Although I will say we did have a 4th of July holiday in here. And in the spirit of work-life yes. balance, I haven't actually had five work days to do that. Um, however, what I will say that I did do, which I feel was sort of like a, like a shift of the weight in terms of step, like I shifted my weight from my back foot to my front foot, mm -hmm. um, in terms of adding this as a discussion topic to our agenda for our team meeting yes. this week. So I have created space, intentional space to work on and think about that. So I haven't done it yet, but I've. But and bringing the team into it. Created a time block and created a different system to do that. Yeah. Because why do these things on our own? Seriously. How about you? Well. Who are you? I, I am Nat Duran and my pronouns are they, them. And I feel like I'm just kind of rocking on my heels a little <laughs> bit. With, I appreciated that imagery that you created. Um yeah, I think citing our short work week as well. Um, although I have seen the person that I identified as the person I was going to invite to coffee a couple times in the office since then, I've not yet made the ask or even planted the seed yet of like, hey. You've identified where your foot should go. Yes. You looked out for cracks in the sidewalk. Well, to be fully transparent, though, like I had already decided who that person was. Own it. Last. Own the moves you've made. Week. Whether, whenever you made them. Okay. Any progress is forward Great. progress. Great. Scanning. Scanning yeah. the environment. I know where my foot's <laughs> going to go. Awesome. Cool. So now, I believe that it is your turn 
to start us off with a story on our topic of work-life balance. Story just implies so much narrative structure. Um, Well, I guess to provide some context, again, to be fully transparent, because that is my preferred state of being, um, work-life balance is a concept and practice that I struggle a lot with and historic and comparatively have historically struggled much more with Um, so much. So to the point where no matter what the gig, um, if no matter how much like time off or earned time off PTO, whatever it's categorized um, is allotted. I am like that person who the end of the year comes and just, losing a bunch of hours because uh, I ran out of time and I didn't take enough time and whatnot. Um, Which didn't necessarily, I think I had a, um, an insight into like how less than healthy that might be in terms of, um, I think one time I got sick I don't remember what it was. I have no idea. Um, But I remember I was like sitting at home doing the Netflix binging situation. And it occurred to me the level of relief I felt at the fact that I could not be responsible to anything at work that I was not or like being productive in any which way. Like I wasn't at home. I wasn't working on chores. I was just sitting on the couch and engaging in, um, I don't know, binge watching something. And I was like, wow, isn't it great to feel so lousy because then no one expects something of you. And, mm. and mm. was just like, um, <laughs> That sounds like something that maybe you should talk about in therapy because um, why why does it need to take getting to a point where your body is screaming at you to mm-hmm. take a break in order to actually do that, right? Um, and especially because – and then once I started – Right. It's like one of those things where once you realize something, you start paying attention to it more, right? And and then I would start realizing that um, it would be after big events that, or like I was on vacation and then all of a sudden my body would be like, like just kind of like shut down or... Um, system is shutting down right right or or we would get through like a major like event or a major like um i don't know maybe something like a crisis or right, whatever, right 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 and then it's just like okay we're holding it together holding it together holding it together we're not holding anything together and then um and so then like falling ill and in those moments, just be, again, like, I think it was just that, that initial realization of, of how much, I don't think like solace is the right word, but um, how great it felt to just be like, well, I can't just be held to account for anything. Like I, I can just take this day and this time to be just for me. Um was kind of an eye-opening moment for me of being like, or maybe you could just like do this intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and like on a weekend, for example, which is, a, it's it's much easier to do now having the job that I have when I was in 
um, working in residential, right? Like I worked second, I, my, my first shift there was like second shift on the weekends. Right. And so like my weekend existed a little differently, but, um, holidays also like not just like the concept of having holidays off and being able to spend that with family was also very different well and I want to pause you because I feel like the story that you shared is really impactful because I feel like the piece that you were really speaking to is like the idea of permission right like Mm -hmm. the idea of of feeling as though we are not entitled to to a life, quite honestly, mm. feeling as though we are not entitled to a life outside of work without a quote unquote reason, like without a reason or an excuse. Thanks, capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> like outside, well, right, like, but outside of our um, like illness, right? And and what's interesting, and actually, it's interesting to me that you share that story because I think. I have historically really struggled to use illness as a legitimate reason to not go to work. So like it was mm. not until I had mono that I took a sick day oh. because I didn't ever. Yeah. Because what? I didn't, um, I was like, well, I'm not that sick. I'll be fine. Like, and have gone to work, which I recognize is I recognize for all the public health people in the world. I recognize <laughs> that that is like selfish. Like I now I can mm. conceptualize that at this time. Right. It's like, we don't actually get flu shots because we don't want to have the flu. We get flu shots because it helps prevent people with weakened immune systems from getting the flu. Right. It's the same idea. Um, that like, it's not like we don't go to like really like the true reason to not go to work. I mean, at least this is the way that I tell myself this, that we don't go to work when we're sick. Not, not only because like we need to heal and get better, but also it is unkind to other people Mm. to like spread our germs. And it's, it's thoughtless of particularly of people for whom relatively like simple infections might be very life threatening. So I now, I now have this conception, but I never missed anything because I was sick for years. Um, because even that didn't feel like a good enough quote unquote excuse Mm. to miss work. And so I think there's such a, such an important piece that you're speaking to that really talks about like the permission, um, to have a life, right. The permission to say, I get to be somebody outside of my job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel, and, and so, and I, I recognize that sometimes, well, and actually, this actually reminds me of, and I still have yet to finish this flipping book, but um, Trauma Stewardship. Such a great book. Yeah. Like, 10 out of 10. Have read it four times. Oh, Love it. Well, I'm still working on getting through it the first time, but um, oh my so goodness, good. who I don't, I should look up um, who wrote it so that I can give her credit. Um, but in it, it talks about, right, like that folks who steward or like who engage in trauma stewardship right like part one of the indicators of burnout um is or in that one of those 16 i don't know there's a wheel there are like 16 manifestations of of potential like burnout or whatnot and one of them is like the idea of Right, like this, like inflated sense of self importance and the fact that, well, it, which to me, like, is part of that fuel, right? Particularly in nonprofit work, particularly, right? Is that like, well, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? And that's also recognizing that not everyone, right, like, has that 
that internalized script either or sometimes things happen in life that shift priorities right like if you have a family for example then you know well I don't need to hold that if I don't do it who's gonna do it because like I'm worried about my kid or my partner or my right like there are other things that we have to consider which I think at least for me like was part of I didn't have any, you know, like I didn't have anything else. I was just like, well, I, it's it's okay for me to just like be here all the time and overextended, mm-hmm. right? Um, except it wasn't because then I would crash and burn. <laughs> right. Well, and I do want to circle back to the thing that you, you were talking about earlier in your story before I paused you around the idea of permission, where I think, because I think part of what you're getting to now is this idea of sort of the structural conditions, right, that make... Mm that make it so hard to, to feel entitled to that permission. Right. And I think one of the things that you really spoke to was like the irregular hours piece, um, which is so common for so many people in youth work to work nights and evenings and weekends Weekends. because people are in kids are in school, right? Young folks are in school. Yeah. And so, and so there, you can't, you can't run after school programming during the school day. You can't run, you know, a social event or drop-in programming and stuff like that, like during the school day for the most part, unless you're working with young people who are out of school. Right. So for whatever set of reasons. Um, and so I think, I think that does pose a particular set of challenges because I think when you are working a more traditional work week schedule, whether it's a nine to five Monday through Friday or 10 to six or whatever, I think, or, or quite honestly, even a more regular schedule, even if you're working on some weekend days, but it's like the same weekend days or whatever, like you have the the scheduling is more like predictable, predictable and doesn't change. I think it's easier to feel entitled to your time off when it's your time off. Like if I'm not like in the, so, and I feel like I run the sort of like split where in the school year, I work lots of weekends mm-hmm. um, and lots of nights. And during the summer, my schedule tends to be a little bit more shifted um, to be more of a Monday through Friday schedule right. and, and happens more during the daytime, right? Cause folks are out of school. Right. But I think one of the things that I really, notice is that it feels so much easier for me during the summer to get a to get a full weekend like and to feel totally fine and entitled to not respond to anything on my days off Mm -hmm. to feel like I don't have to return phone calls on my day off Mm -hmm. to feel like I can turn off my notifications for my work phone Mm -hmm. on my day off if it's Saturday and Sunday that feels fine if I take a Friday off or a Monday off during the school year doesn't feel great Like, I still feel like I'm supposed to be checking it. And like, I have created for myself in the interest of work-life balance, I have created for myself a, a relatively set schedule where I don't work on Monday afternoons and evenings, mostly in an effort to give myself time to do like life errands, like go to the grocery store and stuff like that. Because then during the school year in particular, I so often work Sundays, which is when most people do that stuff. So then I end up not doing any of it. And then like my life is a shambles. Um, per your, also your point earlier about how a lot of the time, like self-care is boring stuff. Like it's making doctor's appointments and blah, blah, blah. But like what I think about in terms of like, yeah, okay. I get Mondays off like as a way to create some more work-life balance, but I still check my emails on Mondays and I still answer work calls. Right. Right. Well, and I'm grateful there for colleagues shout out to my colleague Rodrigo 
who modeled really strongly like how to hold those boundaries right of communicate particularly communications it wasn't until i saw someone again like around the permission piece someone modeling like it is okay not to respond to message like work related content right once you're checked out for the day when i took when I turned my email notifications off, I currently have it set up so that my work email, I don't get notifications for any work-related emails because then I have to actively make the choice to go into that app and open them up, right? And so it feels much more contained. And uh, and that, to me, is a piece of work-life balance because then I don't feel compelled because I'm one of those folks, like, once I see a little notification, like, it's it. Like I can't focus. I can be in the middle of a conversation and just be like, I need to address this. I can vouch for this. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so it's, it's proved really helpful in that regard in that I don't, um, yeah, that I, that, that, that feels okay to be like, but, and then I think we touched on this when we talked about digital communications with young folks, right. Is that then that line also gets blurred though, when you start talking about like group me or Google voice or like how do cause, cause I am far more likely to reply to a young person who reaches out like outside of office hours. Cause I was like, I need right. to meet you where y'all are at. And if this is when you're available and have the focus goggles on, then all right, let's jump into this conversation. Right. Well, and I think too, like, and again, we may have touched on this in that conversation, but I think for me, like when I think about creating a sense of work-life balance, which like I have some, like there is a, um, the person who makes my planners. (laughs) Um, so her name is Tanya Dalton. Her company is called Inkwell Press. Um, no, I am not receiving any money, (laughs) but I love them. I love her planners. Are you manifesting that? Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) She's great. But one of the things, so like one of her like sort of catchphrases, she also does a a productivity uh, productivity podcast called Productivity Paradox. Um, and one of the, I know it's a lot of peace. And one of the things that she like kind of her catchphrases is this idea that balance is bogus. Like she really talks about this idea of work-life harmony instead of work-life balance. Um, recognizing that. So, Mm -hmm. and sort of her philosophy around this is like, if we say balance, like what we're assuming is that like everything is equal, but the reality is like, we actually don't want lives where everything is equal all the time. Like that's Mm -hmm. actually not what we want. What we want is moments where we can be all in on some, on something. And then moments where we can be all in on something else. Um, and that like, that's like, and so what, maybe what you want is balance in the long run, right. That maybe that's your long view, but like on a day-to-day basis, it often doesn't feel like balance. And so she really like advocates for this concept of work-life harmony, which I think is really lovely. Um, and I think it's a really cool concept, but, but the idea I think behind it is still the same where I feel like, Um, I feel like to me, a lot of creating that idea of work-life harmony is really about like agency and choices, like about feeling like I am in control of what is happening. Because I think the moments where I feel the most out of control and where like things have gotten way off the rails is where, again, that inflated sense of self-importance where it feels like I have to do everything and I can never be off. And I can't say no. To right. these requests that are coming right. to me or right that I that my ability to choose is no longer present. And I think like 
so when young people are asking for my attention or even for me, I think I feel this way a lot around parent contact Mm. too. Um, as a person who interfaces more with parents, like I think I recognize that like being there for parents is being there for young people. And like the more support parents receive, the more able they are to be supportive of the young people in their lives that they're parenting. And so like, I want to be present and available for those conversations. And so the, like, and so the more available, but, but I, I feel resentful of that when I am feeling out of like when it, the harmony is not there, then I am resentful and I am short. Right. Um, and I tend to not be willing to communicate, but when I feel like things are generally in harmony, I am so much more flexible, like around communicating, being open, being willing to, to be flexible around those boundaries. Yeah. I just thought of an anecdote that may be made for a better story for this episode, but here it is coming at a different point in the podcast. Um, Well, it's also, yes, I think it is an interesting frame to think about it. Think about harmony v. balance. And I will enjoy tumbling that around in my head for the next couple of days. Um, But I think one thing that I now hold that I didn't, I definitely didn't before is the idea that like, we are also modeling this for young folks, right? So I will never forget. And that's why this is maybe a more apt story for this episode, but um, I was new. I was new to this organization that works with LGBTQ young folks and it just so happened. So I'm like new on the scene. It is a very kind of like small working field of working relationships. There are some pretty like, key players like in any given region whether throughout the state or the country and one of the country's largest conferences creating change held by the task force was happening here in chicago and i was just like well here is one way to jump into this field and get to know a like let people know like hi this is my name in my face this is how to connect to folks and, you know, relationships forged by fire. Um, And so I volunteered to help run the youth hospitality suite that year um, for the conference. And that week was bananas. Like, I think I worked 80 hours in the course of three or four days which was just ridiculous, and and because we were like keeping the the, the food coming and pro- trying to trying to run programming in the youth hospitality suite, making sure that everyone's needs were happening, we organized this clothing swap. There were so many folks in and out of that space, and at one point, one of our or my organization's board members came through, and had made the comment, right, like you are running yourself ragged. Like when, when are you going to sleep? And I was like, ah, you know, like I'll sleep when the week's over. Da, 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 da. And I just remember him like stopping me and was like, look at me, the young folks that you work with, they see you right now. They can see what you're doing. They can see what you're putting your body and your like mental and emotional health through. And they are going to, that is what they are going to learn from. And if you don't, stop and take care of yourself they are not going to know that that is a priority and 
I was like, I just remember clearly I, it was very impactful because I like, I remember the moment when it happened and never before had it been framed to me such that like, dang, right. Like I might not, I might still struggle to do this for myself, but I am far more likely to jump on and it like sign on and adhere to a more balanced or harmonious, right. Regimen. If it means that I am, I am providing a stronger model for the young folks, young folks that I work with. Um, and that, cause I was just like, yeah, dang, it's not just me. Right. 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 Well, and I think too, in the spirit of that, right. And thinking about moments when, when young people see us, right. Or what they see us do or not do and what we model. I think about a lot, the, the moments in my life when I, as a young person, right. Or I, as a youth leader looked at adults in my life who talked about their work-life balance, like who talked about it Mm. with me. Um, And, like, provided models of alternative ways of being that were not about, like, go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. Like, and and, and in lots of ways, that that was small, right? It was about expressing, like, even just, like, sharing that they had interests outside of their work, right? Like, oh, I went... this is not true, but like someone sharing something about, Oh, like I went rock climbing with my friends last weekend. Right. Right. Like, Oh my God, you go rock climbing. Like you have friends. (laughs) Like what? Like, and I know that's kind of beyond the walls of this like particular space. Right. But I think like so important, right. For young people to see us as whole people. And I think like, because it also helps them realize that adults are whole people, all of the adults in their lives are whole people with interests, with lives, with needs, with baggage, with like all the things, right. That we all come in with. Because it also helps helps them realize that like it's they have all of like we are not different and so it makes us more different in that way. And so it makes us more accessible, right? As as people and as others we're sharing in a in a boundaried way, right? Yeah. Like obviously not in just like I hear everything about me, like blah blah blah. But I but I do think the idea of demonstrating for young people that it is okay to be more than your job right. is is really important and it's really impactful. Well, as well as I think, I know that there have been times, and it's only recently, right? Because I'm now just starting to get to the point where I've been doing this job like three or four years. And so seeing folks come through our programming and then like like if they move on to college, right? Um, And then come back and talk about the impact of being engaged in this programming on their life and recognizing that moments when I had to be the one to hold a boundary and been like, no, actually for this event, I don't want anyone facilitating more than two workshops. Like I am going to put that limit on you and they get so mad. Why? I want to do four workshops. I can do it all. And I'm like, no, like I'm going to really hold that. Like you can be a backup dancer for someone else, but like I'm, I'm going to put this cap on and then hearing them go off to college and have to balance like their first semester where of course, like they like sign up for 18 credit hours or something like that. And then they come back and they're like, you know, I now really know what you're talking about when you say capacity and I went too hard and I'm coming into my second semester a little bit like, you know, and like, and it's just like, oh man, okay. So 
that was a thing like that happened like through this right really kind of like long-term eyes you know I I set the limitations at first explained why that was happening that seed got planted and somewhere that info got internalized a little bit and um and now you're quoting it back at me and that's great (laughs) right well and I think like I recognize I I recognize I think you know I, I recognize kind of the value in in thinking about what that looks like for young people. And I think for me, one of the greatest challenges of engaging with the idea of work-life balance is like decentering myself in, right. Like, again, kind of circling Mm -hmm. back to the idea of false self-importance, like, and I say this all the time, um, is that like, we are both very important and like not at all important. Right. And I say it all right. the time. I say it to people that work for me. I say it to my interns. I say it like constantly. Like I say it to myself. It is a self mantra of this idea of like, yes, the work we do is incredibly important. Like, yes, we are important. Yes, we provide important spaces for young people. Yes, our services are great. Yes, they matter. Yes, we matter. And also, and also, we are just like one tiny part of each young person's life who right. comes through this door. Like, if we cancel group tonight, it's two hours of that young person's life. Like, they'll, they'll be, be o- fine. They'll be okay. Um, and like, and and I think just like remembering that because it gets so easy to go yeah. to this place of like. Well, I mean, we can't cancel group. I mean, that's just like, right. This idea of like cutting services as being like the last thing that you do. And I think about like, right. Even just thinking about balance, I mean, and not to like full circle connect it to last week, but I think like, there's also like the work-life balance in terms of like, even within the concept of a job, right. That there is the work, right. There's the, the, the actual interactions with young people, right. The moments of programming. Mm -hmm. And then there is like the work life part where you're like, right. The work work life balance of like planning and thinking Mm -hmm. and dreaming and scheming and connecting and building relationships and and creating systems and all of those pieces. Right. And like that stuff is also important. Right. Right. Um, because that is the infrastructure that you stand on in the moment when you're with the young person. And if that stuff is like all burning around behind you, you can't really show up for young people. Um, you can't really be there for them. You can't be present with them because you're worried about the 5,000 emails in your inbox that you haven't dealt with in three weeks because you like all you've been, because you've been like burning too many candles, right? right? Like, or whatever from all the ends. I don't know how that expression is supposed to go. Meeting to meeting to To meeting to meeting to meeting. Yeah. And I think thinking about our work-life balance, not just in terms of the number of hours we work, but also in terms of the, the ways that our work days are structured. And like how we're thinking about both of those pieces together. So how do you do that? Great question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, and not to say that I'm perfect at it by any stretch, but I think like when I think about like ways, I've just like thought really intentionally about that over Mm -hmm. the last several years. Um, especially as somebody who works weird hours, like, and Mm. often really long days. So like my work week tends to be condensed into fewer days, but really long ones. So Mm. I often work like 10 to 12 hour days, like a couple of times a week, um, which forces a little bit of work-life balance in terms of like within the day. Um, I feel like the, one of the most important things I did was address what I call open calendar syndrome 
which is seeing open space on a calendar and feeling like it's okay to fill it. Uh, like white space syndrome. Uh, um, where you, I don't know how to come back from that. <laughs> right. This idea of like seeing, Oh, there's an open slot on my calendar. It must be okay to fill this. Um, and then you end up in the back to back to back to back to back meeting situation yeah. or the thing that I did, which is what finally cured me of white space syndrome was, um, failing to block in travel time and being an hour and a half late to a meeting with a volunteer. Um, I will never do that again. Right. Um, and it takes, I mean, it certainly took me that experience to like figure that out. Right. But I think like remembering that, and especially I think for folks who like sometimes do like workshops or trainings or professional development, whatever, like we do some travel, right? Like you do outreach visits and things like that. And I think um, putting travel time into your calendar and overestimating it also gives me space to do things to be like, oh my God, like I didn't bring a lunch. So let me like order something ahead and pick it up on my way back or whatever. Like just give some like opportunity to like meet my needs. Um, I started scheduling meetings with young people to be 45 minutes instead of an hour, recognizing that they're often between 45 minutes and an hour. So we almost always run over, but it's not usually the full hour because they've planned for 45 minutes, Mm. um, which then tends to give me at least five minutes in between to go to the bathroom Um, or like get water or like whatever. Um, And just like building out like and like and it also means that my meetings are automatically scheduled typically 15 minutes apart. So like again I don't always get the 15 minutes, but right. I get more of the 15 minutes than I would otherwise. Um and also like blocking out space on my calendar when I actually have to do something and then like believing that. Yeah. You got to believe it though. Well, it can't and it can't be recurring. Like I can't just block um, out. So like this is the thing of the thing is that like I used to do something where I would like block out like an hour at like 10 a.m. on Friday morning to always work on expense reports or whatever. Yes. Okay, but then here's the thing. I never fucking use the hour to block out expense reports. Yeah. Like I never used it to say, like to act, I would be like, oh, I can do that anytime. I'm so guilty of that. So then I just didn't believe my own appointment with right. myself. Right. And so because I stopped. It's recurring. You just, you just are ignore it. So then I started right. planning out my week. So I do it. I do my planning on Fridays, which is a Laura Vanderkam strategy. Another productivity person. I love productivity people. <laughs> um, she's the she's written a couple of books, including one called Off the Clock, which I really enjoy. Which is about like getting the feeling of being off the clock, which is very relevant to this conversation. Mm. Um, but a lot of them about like feeling like we have more time and. Um, she's the person who suggested planning your week on Friday with the idea that like, we should also plan our weekend so that they feel good. But, um, but what that does is then I have to like actually think about when I'm going to do stuff like that and how much is reasonable for me to accomplish in the week, given what is actually there. Right. Because then I stop just being like, well, here's my never ending to do list that I'm not going to accomplish because I also think it's about deciding when enough is enough, which means you have to create an enough. That's like a reasonable time frame, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have as many concrete strategies. Like I said, I've stopped the email notifications on my phone. I think I've also gotten better. One thing I have gotten better at doing is um, 
I won't necessarily drop everything and reply to a young person in the moment, but get like getting more comfortable at redirecting and being like, Hey, like letting them know, Hey, I got your message rather than just like not replying at all being like, Hey, yeah, great question. Can we touch base around this on Monday? Right. And then I set a calendar reminder for myself to actually do it because Mm -hmm. otherwise the weekend happens and Mm -hmm. like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna remember to do this. Yeah. Well, and I think what's so important about what you just shared, but I think it's an important like kind of strategy to remember is that like, I think a big part of creating systems like that is trusting yourself to follow through Mm. because when everything's on fire, we don't do that. Right. And then we don't believe ourselves. Right. So I feel like a lot of the, even like all of these strategies, right. Is like a lot of them is about trusting yourself. Like it's not just about, right. It's about this like feeling of permission that you're allowed to set a boundary and then trusting yourself that you're going to follow through on whatever boundary you set. And just like how important that like pattern of behavior really is. All right. And so with that, it is time for our checkout. Um, And so today recognizing that the, um, work-life work-life balance or work-life harmony or whatever we're moving towards is certainly an ideal um which is to say that it is not necessarily something that we specifically achieve or that we we necessarily get to um but it's something that we sort of strive to move towards our checkout for today i'm hoping we can talk a little bit about an intention some a sudden intention for moving towards that what is something that we are Intending to move towards on the path towards the ideal of work-life balance. Um, so do you feel ready, ready to share with us an intention? I thought I did. I, I thought I felt ready until you just introed it that way. <laughs> well, whatever. I don't know if this is a goal or an intention. Um, but... I want to go and delete all of my standing task-related calendar events and get in the habit of planning my week mm. every Friday and see if maybe that helps with my just ignoring mm. all of my standing task-related mm. calendar events. Yeah. So I guess like feeling like I have more agency over my time. I so, like I feel like that activity will lead me to feeling like I have more agency over my time. Yeah. If that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Um I feel like my intention around creating more work-life balance um I think is is to recognize the balance of work and work life in the same way that there is life work and life. Um, what <laughs> did you just say? <laughs> like when we were talking about the idea of like the sort of like work life pieces, like the sort of like background stuff to right, the work. Right. It also on the flip side made me think of like the work side of life, right? The mm. idea that like we have our personal administrative work right um and like wanting to balance wanting to think about the balance between my like personal administrative work and then like 
my like lifetime where I'm just like having fun or Mm -hmm. not doing anything. And I know that for me, one of my like greatest self-care strategies or tools in my toolbox is white space, like creating space in my calendar Mm -hmm. where there is no obligation whatsoever where I could literally do anything. And I need big chunks of it, like big chunks Mm. of time where I have no obligations. Um, so that I could like get the random fancy to like create a pie just like for fun. Like, or those are the kinds of projects that I enjoy doing, but I do them, but they are most fulfilling to me when I do them spontaneously. Mm. And so creating opportunities for that, um, in sort of my, the life side of my work life calendar and sort of creating, I think similarly to you, like creating some agency over my free time right. and like feeling that agency too, in a way to sort of support my broader sense of well being. That is my intention. Cool. Embrace white space, hold, fir- hold firm to the boundary of white space. Great. Well, That is it for this episode of The Third Space. We hope you'll be back next time for our episode on adultism. We'd love to have listener questions and ideas on future episodes, so please, please, please send us your brilliance in a voice memo to info at airandwaterwork.com. Thanks, youth workers. We see you. We appreciate you. Y'all rock.